Welcome to episode 48 of Two Guys Zero Planners. Editing me is probably leaving that hiccup in. And uh, yeah, how you doing, Urban? Uh, doing good. So um, we had actually, we were actually pretty good at recording episode 48 mm-hmm. a while ago. But then somehow some of the audio, I don't know, went for a walk and didn't come back. I don't know. <laughs> There's no somehow about it. It's called I accidentally hit the delete button on the wrong files and um, didn't realize it until it was too late. Yeah, I mean, compared to files I have deleted, that's actually fine. I managed to delete my uh, the videos from my wedding. <laughs> Luckily, my father-in-law had them somewhere and we got them back that way. But yeah. Oof. Wow. Um, that's rough. i'm still hearing about it and it's been like i don't know how many years i think that's one of those things of marriage the as the longer you stay married the more often the small funny things stay around and it's by now 12 years so (laughs) (laughs) oh that is priceless that is that is priceless yeah just just wait till it's been 30 years and you're still hearing about it (laughs) <laughs> when I was young, there were still computers and hard drives, and you could delete stuff. This was before the iPhone that they actually stuck in your eye. I mean, this was literally before the iPhone, I would say. Was uh, it? Probably. I don't know. Uh, some cr- I think Sony camcorder type. <laughs> you know, now I have to check. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, I got new key switches for my uh, keyboard. Wow, June 29th, 2007. Is that real? Is that... No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's when the first iPhone came out. Okay, so it could have been the iPhone. All right. Wow, the iPhone is younger than my relationship with my Sweetwater sales rep. <laughs> which I'm actually getting ready to spend more money with him today because my computer made me angry again. Did it delete files again? No, I have to use a stupid program called Voice Meter Banana to do my audio routing. <laughs> nice name. Yeah, I know. And it's free software. Well, it's donationware. So I shouldn't complain too hard, but it is so damn buggy. Like, you feel you need to just set a can of Raid down on your desk just to use your computer. It's that bad. so like all of my audio just completely crashed out last night a good 30 or 40 times so i'm just buying a hardware solution from presonus Mm -hmm. that way i've got a dedicated piece of hardware that's doing my audio routing and no michael it's not a mixer it's not a board it doesn't have faders it has knobs but no faders i'm not buying a mixer yet so Quit thinking you've won this one, because you haven't. Not yet, not yet. The bad thing is he's coming really close, because there is a mixer that I really want to buy, but I don't want to give him a win. (laughs) Oh, that's a a horrible reason for not buying a piece of gear. It's a good piece of gear. It'll do everything you need it to. But will it give Michael a win? Yes. Well, then I can't buy it. Doesn't matter how good it is. Cannot buy it. Good reason. Yeah, so that that's what's going on there. Oh, and the video stuff. Remember that piece of software that I bought that I had to get a refund on that we talked about in the episode that didn't come out? Mm, no. 
Oh. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, it's down there in the highlighted portion of Give Guinea's Busy Day. Uh, so the renter's insurance thing turned into um, them quoting themselves incorrectly to me, which led to me sending a two and a half page email to them telling him they were wrong, mm -hmm. to which they never responded. And they upheld the charge. So that's how that went. But they didn't charge me again for renter's insurance. So they finally realized I do have third-party insurance. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. that That's the refilming of Colorverse Photon went okay. After I refilmed the A-roll, that went fine. And they finally fixed the video software to, to encode the ProRes RAW down to ProRes. So I can finally film in 5.9K to downscale to 4K. Mm -hmm. so I ended up buying the software again so you can film in too big uh, to make it almost too big <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> by the same token though if you look at the writing sample in the iridescent pearl video like how it changes angles and stuff because I'm filming in 6k that's literally me punching in and zooming a little, and then rotating the entire frame mm -hmm. after the fact. Okay, so you'll have a lot more freedom there, I guess. A lot more freedom. I mean, you've got 2,000 pixels in one direction and 1,400 pixels in another. That gives you plenty of leeway to play with. Mm -hmm. All that for pens. All that for pens. And for fun, I guess. Yeah, and I've got to say, I am enjoying my new Lamy 2000 with a double mm -hmm. broad nib. I think it, it took the double broad nib for me to finally like it. Yeah, I'm also gravitating to wider and wider nibs these days. So also yesterday I got one of the Kaweco Sports with a double broad nib. And yeah, it's okay. Could be wider. <laughs> now, it, is your Kaweco also the Iridescent Pearl or is it just one of the regular ones? So it's not the iridescent pearl. I'm not a fan of that that type <laughs> of color. I got right. probably the previous one, the sort of the olive green Kaweco collection pen. Oh, okay. Because obviously it's dark green and I right. have to get it. I, I almost got that one. I almost got that one. But I, I think I've got a Kaweco problem. Yeah, it's very easy to keep buying them, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier to not buy things like the Lilliput because, well, they're really expensive for such a tiny pen. Mm. But the AL Sports and the regular Sports are just so, so affordable. Yeah, that's true. Like 20 euros for one of the plastic Sports. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I have now two, two of the plastic ones, one AL Sport and the brass one. I guess I still need the steel one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got uh, five of the plastic sports, one AL sport and one Lilliput. Mm -hmm. And I was looking it over and uh, the smallest nib I have in those is a uh, broad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm OK with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it seems to be a kind of a progression you go through when you start with fountain pens like a lot of people, me including, started with really fine ones, like getting into mm -hmm. extra fines and ultra extra fine and stuff like that. And then as time goes by, it's getting broader and broader and wetter and, and stuff like that. 
You know, I've also noticed that with like my choice in papers. When I first started, I was I was all about the uh, the moleskine stuff, even though everyone said it was trash. Mm-hmm. Then I realized everyone was right, and it really was trash. <laughs> and then it's like I did the Rodia thing for a while. Then I did the Lloyd's term thing for a while. Then back to the Rodia thing, and I avoided bank paper and Tomoe for such a long time because I thought they were hipster papers. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm okay having pens, but I don't want to be a hipster. And then I finally switched over to Tomoe and I'm like, oh my God, this is what I've been missing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed that it's sort of a, a really good paper and basically every pen that's not really horribly broken actually writes on it for some reason. And it's not like Rhodia where you can have some kind of nib ink combination where it sometimes it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. I think we actually saw that on... Uh, Colorverse Spirit, I actually had to call that out during the video, how that one ink, for some reason, really reacts negatively to oils from your hand. Like, mm-hmm. I was noticing that during the writing samples, that the ink was actually skipping on spots where my hand had been sitting for just a little too long. Yeah. And do you think that's worse on Rodia or Tomoe River? They seem kind of equal to me. <laughs> Pretty bad, both. I mean, the writing sample makes them look pretty equal, but what I probably should have put in the disclaimer at the bottom is that for the Rhodia sample that actually made it onto camera, I finally caved in and put a towel under my hand. Yeah. So there's there's spots on that sample that look bad, but it doesn't look as bad as it could have because I actually put a towel down. I mean, I've, I've started using a... um, What's it called? Uh... What's that? Oh, now I can't remember the name. What's that piece of paper you use to soak up the ink? Blotter paper. A blood, piece of blotter paper basically everywhere. Because on Tomoe River, and maybe a bit less so on Rodia, it's otherwise it happens with most inks, at least to me. It just doesn't look nice anymore with all the right. spots where it doesn't work. I caved in and ordered two more of those calligrapher gloves, the ones that only have the two fingers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those tend to work better than the blotter paper. I keep losing the blotter paper after a while. Yeah, I have a basically, I don't know. You can buy a blotter paper basically as a pad here. So I just have uh, enough for a few years now. I mean, logically, I would do something like that and just buy it in bulk. But that would require logic. And you and I both know how that goes with me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But by now... That, that's that's become sort of second nature to me to have always have a piece of blotter paper and sort of rest my hand on that. And I guess that's also why I don't have a big issue with Cosmo Air paper. Mm. You know, I still haven't tried any of that. Yeah, I mean, what they say is true. It is surprising how much broader nibs get on that paper. So the difference is really noticeable. Mm-hmm. But I actually like it. <laughs> Um, so I don't know, your broad becomes a double broad and your zoom nib becomes really wide and stuff like that. <laughs> and there is a different feel on the paper. It's more like there's some kind of texture happening and some people don't like it. I actually enjoy it mm-hmm. because you can actually, it's not as smooth as, I mean, definitely not as smooth as Rodia, but also not as smooth as Tomorrow River. And I guess the hand oils thing is i'm not sure if it's worse than worse than tomoe river right but i don't know i use a something under my hand so i didn't really notice it 
And it's nice, at least compared to Moy River, that's a thicker paper. <laughs> because that's what also the thing I'm not super happy about the 52 GSM one, because it is really thin. I don't know. I think I, I like the 52 GSM for the thinness. I think you and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum there. I also like... I, I am one of those people that likes a very smooth paper. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the reasons I really didn't get into bank paper as much as I probably should have. It was just a little too textured for me. It was great paper. It was just too textured. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's more, more there. Yeah. There was a lot more tooth to it. And maybe if I had given it more of a chance, I would have come around to it. Maybe if I do give it another chance in the future, I'll come around to it. Now that my nib choice is no longer uh, on the thinner side of life. <laughs> but yeah, at the time, it was just, it was a little too toothy for me. And I think that's what really gravitated me towards Tomoe. It's, it's one of those things that I talk about quite a bit when I'm talking about a nib in my videos. How much does it glide across the page? Is it squeaky gliding or... Is it super smooth? Is there some tooth to it? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot more easy to notice if it's the nib that's causing some scratchiness when you've got a super smooth paper underneath you. Yeah. Although with Rhodia, sometimes you don't really know what's happening, right? Because there's some combination that just don't work, mm -hmm. I found. So if I have if I have a pen that feels like it's misbehaving on Rhodia, I'll pop it over to Tomoe really quick just to do a sanity check. And if it's doing it on both, then it's like, okay, it's a problem with the pen and not the paper on this one. Yeah, exactly. Sort of Tomoe River in that sense definitely is the gold standard. Because at least for me. The paper. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I noticed as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think it comes down to what you've calibrated your brain for. And for me, I've I've definitely calibrated for Tomoe. So uh, I sent you a picture in Slack. Mm -hmm. Those are my keeper pens so far. Yeah. Yeah. The Twispy Vax 700s. Yeah. I just don't like that. That's a weird looking pen. I can't. It's sort of... Number one, I'm not a fan of this. Um, so do you have the iris. So this is like this rainbow of <laughs> colors, which I'm... Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's also why I didn't get the Kaweco. <laughs> that's sort of the same direction. But sort of this pen is, I don't know, I find it weird looking and it's sort of, I'm, I just, I like the idea of, of back fillers. I have some as well, but somehow this, it's sort of a hodgepodge of design features put together and I don't like it. <laughs> well, I bought that pen secondhand with the original box and everything. With the full intention of doing a review on it, that was over a year ago now, mm -hmm. and there's still no review on it. I've bought plenty of other things to review since then. <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah, honestly, that pen, I'm probably going to end up giving it away, realistically, or reselling it, one of the two. Um, I don't like it. Like, I'm okay with the Iridescent Pearl, but that Twisby just does not get any love from my writing re regime at all. Yeah, and you don't even have that many pens, if that's all on your list. <laughs> yeah, no, those are the only ones I actually have in the pen case. Mm -hmm. And I would say, if I had to pick my two least favorite pens out of my collection, 
that are on the chopping block right now. It's the VAC 700 and the VAC 700. I literally write with every other pen and enjoy every other pen in my collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to think, is there another pen in my collection that I don't like? And no, I literally like them all and write with them all. And it's, yeah. it's just like, for the okay. listeners, it's like 21 pens only. So it's understandable. Yeah. That you can't find more than one. There's 20 in the case and one on the desk. The Lilliput has officially become my ink testing pen. Mm -hmm. That way I've just got one pen that I'm doing all of my ink reviews with. At, I, I narrowed it down to one nib, which is why I've got all those Kavecos with broad nibs. Yeah. But I decided the Lilliput, and the reason for it is actually kind of funny. That became my test pen because it doesn't fit in the pen case. <laughs> but I still like it and I like using it. Yeah. I mean, it's a valid reason and I can see how it would be a good idea to standardize on the pen when, mm -hmm. and sort of the specific pen or nib and also on the paper. And then it's just, you can see if the ink is wet to dry or if there are issues and you know it's the ink and not any of the others. Exactly. The other things, yeah. And I mean, I, I have regular sized hands unlike you, Phil. So I can use the smaller pen and just post it and it feels fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that in, in the last episode, I think we, did we talk about the green? No, it probably wasn't out yet. Sort of, there's now this green special edition of the Lilliput and I really was considering it. But then I remembered I don't like screwed to post pens and Sort of the sport is great because it's really quick to use. You open the pen, it's like, I think, one turn or something. Mm -hmm. And you post the cap and you're done. And with a little put, you unscrew. And then you have to, to screw it back on. And it's like a whole thing. And then I decided to just get a Kaweco Sport instead. <laughs> oh, that green looks so nice, though. You got me looking at it again. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, normally I'm not a fan of lime green, but that one speaks to me for some reason. Okay, I should not be on Penn Chalet's website. This this is dangerous. <laughs> oh. I mean, you already have the the ultimate Kaweco Lilliput anyway, right? Right. Oh, the dark olive. They've got it. In, how, how does that look in person? I mean, it looks like it sounds. I don't know. It's dark olive. It's really, it's uh, olive green. Definitely. I mean, does it, does really it look dark. like I want it in a martini? Well, I don't like olives, so I wouldn't <laughs> want an olive in my martini. <laughs> so, but it's it's much darker. Okay, it really is a dark green. Okay. Um, here's, here's a question for you: How many Kaveco pen reviews is too many Kaveco pen reviews? I mean, depends on which YouTube channel you are. Maybe for you, there's a limit for that. Portuguese guy, there isn't. Let me find the channel. Well, I mean, do you think I could get a good click-through rate if I did just a different colorway of a Kaweco pen? Or because I don't, I've done a Kaweco Sport, is that kind of the end-all be-all for that? I mean, I guess it depends on uh, how often you do it. I mean, if it's a new color. Why, why not once in a while do one? I mean, right. That is that is true. I just I just heard some things come through. Oh, you gave me a link. Yes, that's... I'm not even trying to 
pronounce the Portuguese channel name, but he is basically, he has all the Cavecos in a sense. <laughs> oh my, he has all the Cavecos. And by now, Caveco is actually sending them to him. <laughs> so now he really has all of them. Wow. There's wow. some videos is, where he shows the whole, the whole collection or something. What so. is his oldest video? Six years ago. Wow. Yeah, he's been in the game a while. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let me go to my playlist really quick. All pens. Caveco uh, Lilliput. Caveco uh, Ale Sport Golden Espresso. Those are the only two Cavecos I've done. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, Caveco Art Sport. I did the Art Sport a while back. Yeah. So I will have four Cavecos. You know, I still have that. Um, I still have that Royal Red Caveco that that I need to do a review on because it's not really a special edition, but it is a special edition. And oh my goodness, yes, I'm looking at this guy's videos from five and four years ago. Wow, that's a lot of Caveco. Mm -hmm. exactly yeah okay this guy's doing it right and maybe i have to steal what he's doing a lot of his early reviews are budget pens that are easy to afford when you don't have companies sending you stuff mm -hmm. and here i am buying the meekies <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know <laughs> depends on what you want to do right well I mean, if pens were my only expensive hobby, sure, but I've got pens, I've got cameras, I've got computers. Uh, oh my goodness. Okay, I am closing out of your playlist, good sir, whose channel I will not try to pronounce because I will butcher it. <laughs> but it will be in the show notes. Urban will make sure it gets in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> There's only one channel, so I can't really right. make a mistake there. Well, but yeah, exactly. He's he's done a lot of Caveco and he has also done a lot of the Chinese pens, basically, which are on the cheaper side in general. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. So it looks like I may be doing more uh, Caveco videos in the future since I just realized I should not feel bad about occasionally buying a cheap fountain pen just to show off a cool colorway. Yeah. I think that was kind of a. And you're hearing it live, folks. You're hearing me break an unwritten rule that I had for a long time now. <laughs> that I could only review one of that body style. Yeah, I mean, essentially, who's going to know, right? Mm, if, true. If you don't do it one day and the next day it's the next Quebec sport, then... With how crazy I am with color accuracy and everything, who knows? Maybe the way I see it is going to be different than the way it's been shown by other reviewers. Yeah. Yeah, I finally, uh, there's there's a difference between filming in regular ProRes and then filming in ProRes RAW in how the camera sensor outputs color. Mm -hmm. So the first time I actually got ProRes RAW working, I had to spend eight hours redoing my color correction. <laughs> it's still color accurate. Like I can, I have a test scene of a whole bunch of Colorverse bottles that Royal Red Caveco and a whole bunch of my other pens, along with a, uh, a color checker video chart. Mm -hmm. And I have a test scene that those have to be spot on accurate with each other in order for me to know, okay, what I'm seeing on camera is what I'm seeing with my own eyes. It took eight hours to get the ProRes raw to look like the ProRes. Oh, yeah, that reminds me of, I don't know, s scanning color film and <laughs> trying to get the colors right. And I... That's what was one of the reasons why I gave that up, because it's so annoying. 
So what you're telling me is if I like my sanity, do not do that. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Fair enough. Your point is your point is taken. Your point is taken. Good, sir. Always in black and white. Uh, that's hard enough. Honestly, I like I like black and white photography more than I do color photography, unless it's my dogs. Mm hmm. No, actually, no. Even with my dogs, they get one color photo a year and everything else is black and white. Although it's all digital now. So does it really count as black and white if it's all digital? I mean, you do. You have to take different pictures anyway, right? Because if you have color in the in, in the mix, then I don't know, there's something red. And that's sort of your focal point, maybe compared to other stuff. But if it's just black and white, it's just all gray and you have to find another way to to. To, to make it interesting so mm, i think that is very different. true that is that is very true hmm. i don't know put a dog in the picture or something <laughs> well i've decided i'm gonna start adding them more to the youtube videos yeah i noticed yeah i mean it's easier to tell people to you know subscribe to patreon for the dog treat fund if they can actually see the dogs that they are buying the treats for <laughs> yeah <laughs> Although, that being said, filming dogs is a pain in the butt. Because? Um, even the best trained dog does not want to sit there and just stay still for the longest time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, my dogs are amazing. They're very well trained. But, oh my goodness, getting them to stay still for a 40-second session <laughs> is a pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, just like kids. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've heard that's a thing. I've heard that's a thing. <laughs> you know, surprisingly enough, I have never reviewed a Lamy Safari. Okay. Yeah. Have you? Hmm. I, I think I may have to break that trend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even even I have a have some of them. And they're okay, just that tripod grip is not, yeah, not my thing. Yeah. Essentially. I have always have a finger on top basically <laughs> and then sort of the corners of that tripod basically i don't know cut in the, the other finger so it's not perfect well but on the other hand it really is an indestructible pen more or less yeah i mean the i like money part of my brain is sitting there going lami safari would get would get clicks <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe get this year's special editions whatever yeah i'm looking at the uh the Terra red Special edition. So there's the cream, the strawberry, and then the Terra Red. Yeah, that's last year's the Terra and the Safari. Yeah, I like the Terra Red yeah. more than I like the uh, the cream and the strawberry. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The cream looks okay, but with a... It just looks unfinished. It looks like they extruded the pen and then just left it as is. Like someone got really lazy at work and just didn't put the dye into the vat. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't call to me i guess yeah are they matte finish it yeah, looks like they yeah. are at least in the promotional photos i'm looking at from a bunch of places yeah i'm definitely true. seeing more of a matte finish than a gloss finish yeah yeah that those i like i i really don't like the glossy ones okay of the strawberry and cream which of those two would you actually buy mm, probably strawberry because, yeah, that cream is like, I don't know, it's a weird color. I, I think I know the other problem with the cream. It reminds me too much of my apartment walls. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's the other problem. It's it's too much beige apartment. Mm, that's true. Maybe if it had a little bit more color in its life. Mm. Yeah, I should probably, if I was going to do one of those, I should probably get this here's limited color or whatever. Mm. Decisions, decisions. Lots of decisions about pens. Oh, you know what we talked about last time that got completely cut because I lost the audio? Mm -hmm. You've done a lot of fish stuff. Yes. So I have. I now have seven fish tanks up and running. Yeah, I'm not sure what more to say about it. <laughs> seven? Seven, yes. Seven. Seven. How many gallons of standing water do you have in your house at any given time because of these fish? Uh... So the biggest one is 29, um, then maybe three, uh, let's say two that are 20, then maybe one that's 15, and then some smaller ones. So not that, that much. <laughs> but I mean, the problem with water is, of course, even a tiny amount of water, if it starts leaking to the floor, it makes a huge mess and goes everywhere. So... Not sure that's much of a help. Right. At least it's in the basement, right? So it's not like you can sort of seep through the uh, through the ceiling and then start dripping anywhere. I mean, of course, it's bad enough because that's not like... It's sort of in my office and it actually has a floor and it's not like just concrete. But at least underneath is really the concrete basement. So it's not like... I mean, it could... Yeah, it, it's going to be a mess once they tanks start leaking because <laughs> sa sadly i mean you have pieces of glass and they're whole held together with silicon and it never lasts forever right right so it's basically a given that at some point something starts leaking wow. i just try not to think about it too much <laughs> <laughs> because actually speaking of silicon today i actually uh, replaced some of the silicon in our kitchen because it's like the the panels and sort of the counters, you sort of have a seam of silicone so that the water doesn't, mm -hmm. I don't know, get in between. And the kitchen is now maybe seven, eight year old, years old, and the silicon has shrunk. And there's like one millimeter of space. Right. And that's why I keep thinking about the fish tanks now. <laughs> I think, <laughs> when's that going to happen? <laughs> yeah. That, that reminds me that I need to have the uh, apartment maintenance staff go ahead and come through and redo some of the silicon in, in the bathroom. This, this complex is just now getting to the seven or eight-year-old mark, and some of the stuff is starting to cycle through of yeah. needing to be replaced. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you own the house, you have to do that stuff yourself or pay for it, so I'd rather do it myself. Yeah, there, there's always that. The biggest thing I'm not looking forward to is when I eventually have to have the carpet in my office replaced because mm -hmm. then I have to move everything out of my office. I, I say that like I've got a lot of things. I hardly have anything to my name, yes. so that's not that big <laughs> of a deal. Yes, compared to other people that would have stuffed the room full of things, it's pr probably not that bad. <laughs> right, and considering the, the majority of my things are in a case that has wheels on it, I think I'm fine. First world problems. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So, I mean, the the last time we talked about the number of fish tanks you had, you only had five. Where did the other two come from? Did I only have five? 
I think you only had five. Could be. Yeah, I mean, um, sort of for some reason, for some reason, fish keeping is a big thing in Germany. There's a lot of people. And I live in the suburbs of Munich. And yeah, if, if you look through the classifieds often enough, then you just see stuff and someone, I don't know, half an hour drive away from you is giving away a fish tank or I don't know, once five euros for it or something. And that's also a sort of a fun, fun part of it to just actually not buy stuff new, uh, but actually find, find secondhand deals and stuff. So for example, the latest tank I, I set up, I didn't even pay for it. I just picked it up somewhere and had to clean it up a bit. And then if you want fish, you can also look in the classifieds and you get sort of fun stuff for also not a lot of money. I'm sorry. I'm my my head immediately compared fish collecting to almost like dog breeding. Because if you look through a lot of the at least where I live, if you look through a lot of the classifieds, it's a lot of there it's a lot of the boutique dog breeds that people <laughs> like to collect around here. Yeah. I mean the advantage with fish is of course they're smaller <laughs> and you can even leave them in their tank and go on holiday. And it's not like you would do that with a dog. Probably. Yeah. No, no, that there's all kinds of laws against that. I like having a clean, uh, I like having a clean criminal record. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of as, as a pet, they are sort of, uh, the most flexible, I would say in a sense, because, Okay, you yeah, don't I have can, to take them with that. you. You go on a holiday for a few weeks. You just leave them alone. They're fine in general. So, okay, yeah, I, I can give you that. I can give you that. Compared to the two guinea pigs that we have, and you always need to find someone who is feeding them and sort of cleaning up after them. <laughs> That's a lot of, lot more work than the fish. <laughs> How are the two guinea pigs? They're fine. They're still pooping day in and out <laughs> <laughs> still Which just is, the two still just the two of them still just the two of them i i'm we i just haven't gotten around to it um is eventually i want to build a second level for them and then there's more space and we could think about adding one or two more but i don't know i was thinking about and i would sort of yeah this it's a, it, it's a whole thing because i would <laughs> want to uh use my dad's tools but getting him in sort of into that stuff, he, he sees problems with everything, basically. And it's just such an amount of work uh, to have him build stuff for you or help you out that I still haven't gotten. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I will probably go to a hardware store and uh, rent some for a day or two instead, because that's easier <laughs> than having him <laughs> give me the tools and then be involved and make it a whole thing. It it took my best friend actually giving me his hand-me-down tools for me to finally have tools of my own. Yeah. I mean, I'm slowly getting into it because I don't want to pay people to fix stuff in the house, right? So I am I did it, the stuff with the silicon. I'm, I don't know, fixing outdoor. It's been sort of dragging on the floor and stuff like that. So I'm, yeah. if you have to, you sort of get, get used to it. Maybe not to the level that Phil does with these basically renovating a whole house. <laughs> but at least the small things I can do by now. Well, I think we've already established at this point that Phil is not a normal person. Mm, that's true. I say that. I say that. But 
like the first thing my best friend did when he bought his house was start a renovation process that he's still undergoing 12 years later. Yeah, I mean, that's a hobby as well, isn't it? I mean, one of our neighbors, he's basically, I mean, the house is new. It's like seven years old and he's always doing something and I don't know, building a shed and doing stuff in the garden and doing something in the house. And it's probably more of a hobby than a necessity. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like my friend said, he's like, I didn't need to buy a tile saw, but I've always wanted a tile saw. So renovating the bathroom seemed like a good reason to get one. Yeah, it's like I didn't need pen number 65, but I wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> At least the pens are a bit smaller, right? Exactly. I didn't need a 35 millimeter f1.8. I just wanted it, even though I've got a zoom lens that does 24 to 105 f4.0 throughout the entire range. Uh, yeah, you should have gone for a 1.4, I guess. Oh, man. Um, okay, so the video I did for the for the Lamy 2000 is with the f4, mm -hmm. the, the 24 to 105. The video that's coming out on Wednesday for the Iridescent Pearl, which is already out by the time this podcast comes out. That was done with the 50 millimeter F1.8 stepped down the F2.5. Mm -hmm. The difference in the background is just huge. Like the background is so much smoother at F2.5 than it is at F4 because like just that little that little extra shallowness in the depth of field just blurs out everything in the background so much better. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a logarithmic scale, so there's that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean that that's sort of the attraction of those uh, those lenses over zoom lenses. That it's yeah. affordable to have something like that. I just don't know if I want to pay that much for the thirty five millimeter. Yeah, I mean the 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 wider you get, you go, the less of a of an advantage it's going to be, right? So. That is true. That is true. I mean, I think the logical thing is to just stick with the 50 millimeter I have and buy more pens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always more pens. Always more pens. <laughs> I'm trying to look back over the stuff that we uh, that we missed to see if there's anything else. Um, I mean, there's that one heavy topic in bullet point one that we keep dancing around so yeah yeah I, I guess we could talk about that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so this is the gravita sentry pen in copper that i got and that is like 95 grams <laughs> that is a really really heavy pen but for some reason the the it, it's well balanced and it's actually uh, not that hard to write with i guess because there's there's more weight in the section mm-hmm so it actually points towards the end where you're writing. So you just need to, I don't know, put it on the paper and barely. I mean, you don't have to press because the pen is so heavy. I was about to say the pen's doing all the work for you at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Having never held a Gravitas pen at all in my life, like what's the nearest comparison as far as like the the section? Sort of the... The thing I would compare to maybe are the Opus 88 pens. Okay. It is definitely a wider section. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that one is sort of, he, he has teased he is going to make a, a section at some point 
uh, for a number eight nib. So it's kind of big enough uh, to support that. And it has some kind of knurling, but very fine. Uh, just just enough so that you can actually grip it. I was about to say, you know how I feel about heavy knurling on a pen. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> but it's very fine, right? It's, a, it's, it's metal. I think it's steel or something, the section. Okay. Um, I don't find, I mean, you notice it a tiny bit, but it's just, it's just not enough detrimental to, to the pen. It actually yes. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That and the slight flare at the end sort of means you're not gonna, I don't know, grip the nib basically. <laughs> okay. That, that, that helps. That, that does help. So how much do they, how much do they run? I think the Sentry, uh, in copper or steel or whatever is just below 100 euros or something but by now he has all kinds of i mean he he's sort of mad scientist level of uh stuff right mm -hmm. he has this basically the sentry model he has made it now in delrin and he had it made it in in some kind of super durable uh uh plastic that's see-through um and basically he has this a uh, few other models that he's made in in all kinds of um metals and then he has kind of a, a new designs he's thinking of and he has this uh laser etching machine and he has kind of designs on some of the metal pens he you can also buy uh, it's he has a lot of fun with that stuff oh boy oh boy yep i i knew that was coming i i saw you typing i knew that was coming <laughs> Yeah, I also have um, the pocket pen. I, that's, I mean, you can basically think of it as a Kaveco Sport with a number six snip in a way. Mm -hmm. It's round, but it has one flat side, so it doesn't roll away. I mean, it's not as good as a Kaveco Sport, of course, but it's good enough and it has a number six size snips, which is nice. But so, from length perspective, I would say it's about the same. And those are even cheaper. Or maybe the metal ones aren't, but the sort of al aluminum ones there. I don't know. What's here? 65 euros. <laughs> so that's not that bad. Okay. Just checking one thing here really quick. Really? that That's it for shipping? That shipping price is not bad at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's only 17 euro to ship to the United States. Why, why, am, I, why am I keeping on filling out this order form? I guess it's just a mailer, right? So I, my pens came in just some, some kind of padded envelope because they're made of metal anyway. So how much is what's going to happen there? Okay, why am I continuing to do this purchase? What am I doing Which here? Pen? I, I keep punching in numbers. No, no, do not finish the credit card number. No, do not finish the credit card number. <laughs> okay, get off this page before you buy a pen. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you want to buy a Lama Safari? I need to buy a cheap pen. I need to buy a Pilot. I need to buy a Pilot Metropolis. Oh my goodness. That that is a cheap pen that I've never done a review on either. Wow. Yeah, maybe a Kakuno would be nicer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could do that. I could totally do that. But then I would have a cheap pen lying around my house that I never use. I don't know. You can... What I found with the Kakuno is that once you put a Con 70 into it it actually makes it a hefty pen and it's the really? difference is really noticeable yeah oh okay because it actually fits and then it's actually there's some weight to the pen then oh well that makes sense 
So I guess I guess overall, would you hmm, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the gravitas? Hmm. So I don't know if I would rate any pain at a ten. <laughs> I don't know, but sort of, I, I would say maybe an eight. The good thing is it's Jova nibs. I really like those. They're fairly wet. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a really well-made pen. I mean, it's all metal parts and they really, the, the toler tolerances are really great. And I find them really comfortable and the crazy stuff he's doing that that's just super cool. And if you follow him on on Instagram and sort of watch all the stuff he's thinking of doing, then that's even more dangerous. And I, I'm sure I will buy more of his pens. Hmm. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling that's going to happen. Yeah. I have a feeling that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> so. And which pen? The white Delrin. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, there's something about the way that that one's done that just calls to me. What I should probably do is the adult thing where I figure out how much my computer audio solution is going to cost me before I buy a pen. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that seems like the smart idea. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, because the computer audio solution could be anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to like almost a thousand dollars, depending on which direction I go. Yeah, or you just buy the pen and then that's also sorted because you can't spend the money on the expensive stuff. Well, there anymore. is there is that. There there <laughs> totally is that, but <laughs> but I I can't I can't computer with a pen. That's true. I mean, I could probably try, but that would be rather difficult to computer with a pen. <laughs> you know, I think that actually just became the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> a bit late. But there it is. Hey, better late than never. And uh, uh, let's do this. I promise I will actually get this episode audio out so we, so we, so we can actually keep more topics for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So that we don't have to repeat one more time. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's, uh, that's a mistake. I don't want to ever relive again, MK. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well you take it easy it's always good hearing from you and uh yes to the listeners yes i will uh make sure this gets out to you you're hearing a promise that has obviously been kept because you can hear you me can saying hear it, it. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right well everyone we will uh see you in the next episode bye-bye